This? This is a losing battle. Jeez, Ricky, it's not like he's dying. He's getting married. I mean, what do you think's gonna happen if you open yourself up a little bit? I mean, look around. This is your family and friends all around you, you know? Take the day off. There's nothing to run from, nothing to fight. <laughs> Good one, Morty. Oh, excuse me, bartender. Can you make me a dumb grandson pep talk? It's one part lame advice about stuff you know nothing about and a lot of vodka. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of vodka. Then I'll take one of those. I don't need the rest. God, whatever, Rick. After midnight we're gonna let it all hang out After midnight We're gonna chill and shine Here we go! <laughs> when exactly in the history of our languages did the word drinking become such a bad thing? It's 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 the action of ingesting a liquid. You need that. You need liquid to leave. You need water to live. Otherwise, you die. But it seems now that whenever you say drinking, everybody looks at you with with the dirty eyes, and it's it's almost as if you can't go out on the street drinking a bottle of water. You'll have somebody stop you and say, "Sir, what are you doing? I, I'm I'm drinking. Get on the ground. You need to drink to live." But somehow, in our Society, the word drinking has become a bad thing. It's become synonymous with, with um, uh, self-medicating on something that poisons your brain and makes you do incredibly bad decision, like buying cufflinks from a Chinese website. Not that I have any experience in what I just said. But tonight, our show is about drinking. Welcome to After Midnight, my podcast about anything that I feel like on a weekly basis. Find a subject, topic, idea, and then 10 songs about it. Tonight, we're going to have 10 songs about drinking. Not just booze, because of what I just said, but we have some songs. I mean, you can't find a song about drinking water, unless it's a song about somebody who drowned and died. And that's not really about drinking, that's about drowning and dying. But there are songs about coffee, there are songs about soda pop, and there are songs about booze, and songs about booze, and songs about, guess what? Alcohol. So let's start things off with a three-song block about the consumption of liquids. Here's another song you've been trying to forget. Thank you. 
Okay, Joe, Joe, you're drunk. Okay, you're drunk. Give me your keys. And and I'm drunk, so I'll give you my keys. Okay, now we're both good to drive home.
Bender, drink that beer and drop the bottle on the ground. <laughs> Very nice. Get that robot some more beer. Hmm? Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must die song is not a song by the doors i learned that when i was in college it's actually a song written by german playwright bertolt brecht uh, which was translated in english in i think 1925 and in the late 20s it was um it was set to music by a german as well to be part of a play and um and an opera i think in the 1930s it was uh, it was converted to uh, an opera song and um the Doors did a famous cover, probably the most famous cover of it, in 1967. 
And then David Bowie did a cover of it uh, as a B-side to his Space Oddity single in 1980. But it's not a Doors song. It's a great, great song, though, by the way. I, I always felt it was a Halloween song. And my my feeling was duplicated by Edgar Wright when he did the movie um, The World's End with um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It's a movie about uh, old college friends, well, old high school friends, actually, who um, come back together in the 1940s at the behest of their former leader to finish a pub crawl that they started on the night they graduated when they were 17. But they realized that the village uh, they come from has been uh, overtaken by aliens, so they try to finish their pub crawl inconspicuously, and uh, there's a montage set to that music where they walk in beat with the music and they take their drinks, and, and it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's Edgar Wright's movies, a little bit like Tarantino, are always carved out around the music that's in them and not the other way around. And it's fantastic how much that song and that scene are perfectly gelled together. It's one of those things where once you see that scene, you cannot dissociate the song from the scene. Absolutely fantastic. Love that song. But it's not from the doors. Sadly. Before that, R.E.M., Orange Crush. Pretty standard pop song from the 1990s. Uh, it is my feeling, I, I know I'm going to get rock strong for that, but it is my feeling that R.E.M. have maybe four songs, and they always duplicate the same song just with different lyrics. It's always the same arrangements, the same vocalization. It always sounds the same. So they have maybe three, four, tops, five songs, which they always repeat and duplicate, and probably why uh, early 2000s they decided to call it quits because when all you do is repeat yourself, what's the point? If you're an artist, you endeavor to do different things. But if all you do is repeat, then you're not an artist. You're just a product. And I guess they realized that and they decided that they were no longer a product. Yes, you can throw rocks at me if you want. After Midnight Podcast at gmx.com. Golf Mike X-Ray. GMX. Please tell me what you think about what I just said, other than I should swallow myself, because I am not able to. Believe me, I tried. Opening that was the classic, the original Tequila. It's been remixed and redone and covered so many times, but none of those versions can really come close to the original. It's a really nice little song. And again, a song used by Edgar Wright in uh, Baby Driver, one of the first songs. No, not the first song. I think we've been. God, I have to watch that movie again. Okay, I'll, I'll play some music, I'll watch the movie, and we'll get back to it. piano has been drinking My nectar is asleep And the combo went back to Jukebox says to take a leak And the carpet needs a haircut And the spotlight looks like a prison break Cause the telephone's out of cigarettes And the balcony is on the make And the piano has been drinking the piano has 
Louise, une valse de Chopin affreuse. that the following comments contain a dangerous amount of hypocrisy. Having said that, if you're listening to this podcast every week, you should be aware by now just how full of shit I am. The joys of being an internet elitist. We interrupt this program to bring you... With Big Shiva Hamster. Can somebody please explain to me why telemarketing companies keep calling me every fucking day to ask for my opinion for a survey when all you have to do is go on the freaking internet where you won't have to surf more than five seconds before everybody starts squirting their opinions all over your face, neck, and chest? Opinions are like traumatic and unresolved childhood issues. Everybody's got them, and I'll be damned if I ever want to hear about them. The problem with other people's opinions is not that they're different from mine. Hell, I disagree with myself half the time, which doesn't even make sense. It's that somehow, everybody seems to have an opinion about every topic, regardless of their level of experience with it. And the internet has basically made that a hundred times worse. Scroll past any review, news piece, job offer, or sale item, and you'll be bombarded with the moral-free bashing of keyboard warriors who think that they can offer a unique and intelligent insight into the topic at hand, which everybody else will reply to. The internet gives me the very real opportunity for expressing my equally worthless opinions to be enjoyed by all. But people can quite easily avoid my verbal vitriol should they simply choose not to download the goddamn audio file. 
I, however, will be continually forced to read the inane, badly reasoned, ill-informed, misguided, wrong, racist, bigoted, sexist, anti-establishment, pro-establishment, pseudo-activist, pretentious, middle-class pot, white knight, cyberbully, trendy, muse or seek-like, egg, arbitrarily, and horrifically uninspired opinion on Facebook, Twitter, Google, Tumblr, emails, streaming websites, crowd.com, YouTube, eBay, and whatever pointless fragment of the internet you choose to give me your opinions on Big Brother Canada with. I should probably just stop surfing the internet and get a job. That may be the actual problem here. Apologies to people who watch Big Brother Canada on a weekly basis. Actually, sympathies more than apologies, because there's no doubt in my mind that you're being forced to do it at gunpoint. There's no other possible explanation. Halfway point of this show, brought to you by the good people of the Road and Rage podcast, and by good people, we mean Bitchy the Hamster. If you are not easily offended and would like to listen to more of their stuff without the annoyance of my own podcast, then you can find them at roadandrage.podomatic.com. Thank you for listening to them, and you can use their stuff however you want on your own podcast. If you want, it's free of charge, because it doesn't cost them anything to do it. Before that, we had a French-Canadian, Montreal's John the Wolf, with Edgar, song about the drinking habits of one Edgar Allan Poe, and how he eventually died from his excessive alcohol, or trying to stop it at once. Pretty dark song, but pretty good song, was a staple of all radio stations in the late 90s, and still is. It's, it's really a timeless song, and it's really, really good. And John DeWolf is one of the most talented artists we ever had here in Montreal, if you'd like to discover his stuff. The guy once did raves as well as John DeWolf. His real name is, uh, oh God, can't remember his real name, but it's John DeWolf in French that he uses as an artist. And, um, and he once did raves under the English name John DeWolf. And it was pretty awesome, to be honest with you. Before that, we had Tom Waits, the archetypical Tom Waits song about a barroom philosopher who complains about multiple stuff in the CD bar he's playing in, and that song was actually inspired by a place he used to play it often when he was uh, starting out, and this is pretty much the essence of his, of his career, the essence of everything he does. If you want to know who Tom Waits is or was, as a, a songwriter and a singer, this is pretty much what you need to listen to. Of course, he did a lot of stuff and a lot of great stuff. But if you want to find a way into Tom Waits' world, this song is it. Coming up next, two icons of excessive drinking. The appropriately named Amy Winehouse and George Trugad. We've got to go to the bathroom, so here's a long song. Be by my 
and morning just before breakfast. I don't want no coffee or tea. Just me and my good buddy Wiser. That's all I ever need, cause I drink alone.
always get the nuts. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time. And if my daddy thinks I'm fine, they try to make me go to rehab. I won't go. inductee in the 27 Club, the infamous 27 Club, Amy Winehouse, passed away way too soon at 27 after a tumultuous short life. This is a tragedy, isn't it, of, of art. The stronger the experiences in your life, the better your art will be. And nothing gives you good art like tragedy and like a really 
effed up tormented life and she certainly had that that song being about exactly what her problems were she had a lot of substance and conception problems and people <laughs> prayed for her to go to rehab and probably the song was about you know what i want to try it on my own i don't think i have a problem but you'll tell me i do Eventually, she tried to stop drinking all at once, and it got the better of her, and it's just really, really, really sad. At least we had some great albums out of it, and God, what a fantastic talent. I just, I can't get over how incredibly talented she was. But like the great ones, Beethoven, Michael Jackson, I don't like Michael Jackson, but I have to admit, he was one of the great ones. But look at the life he had. Beethoven... Mozart, Gary Busey, nah. Before that, of course, the essential drinking song, one of the two, right? You had this one and you had the one whiskey, one scotch, one beer. Those are the quintessential 80s drinking song. Long song, really. You don't hear them often on radio because they're incredibly long, but it's a blessing for DJs because when you need to take a break, well, you put on a George for a good song and there you go. You have a break. Really good song, though. I, I got a staple in my car. Whenever I have to take a road trip, that's more than 45 minutes. Of course, I'm going to pick one of the George's songs. And if I'm not mistaken, he did that one at Live Aid. Was it that one? He did one of his of his drinking songs at Live Aid, the, the U.S. side of Live Aid in 1985. Um, yeah, it's 85. Was it Live Aid? Yeah, it was. God, I'm old. God, I'm old! That's why I don't have any hair. <gasps> Coming up next, we are entering the end game of our show, the last three song block. Here's another romantic song By someone with a better love life than yours Strawberries, cherries, and an angel's kiss in spring My summer wine is really made from all these I walked in town on silver spurs the jingle too A song that I had only sang to just a few She saw my silver spurs and said let's pass some time And I will give to you summer wine Summer wine Strawberries, cherries And an angel's kiss in spring My summer wine Is really made from all these things Take off your silver spurs And help me pass the time And I will give to Summer wine, oh, summer wine. My eyes grew heavy and my lips, they could not speak. I tried to get up, but I 
About two weeks ago, we were in my den one morning, swimming, and he mixed himself a peculiar drink, and I said, what are you drinking down there, Joe? And he looked down at me. He said, scots and carrot juice. I said, why? He said, I get drunk, but I see good. But you know, I want to say one thing in all seriousness. I feel sorry for you people that don't drink. I mean it, because when you wake up in the morning, that's as good as you're going to feel all day.
You been in Dunkin' Donuts lately? The last bastion of coffee, flavored coffee? It's gone. Forget about it. You walk in there now, there's people wearing berets. They're writing poetry on computers. There's a kid behind the counter, would you like a coffee colada? Fuck no! What the hell's that about? Man, when I was a kid, Dunkin' Donuts had two things, coffee and donuts, and that was it! You took the donut, you dunked it in the coffee, thus the fucking title of the place! Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions So they've got to find those extra cups to fill They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil You can't get cherry soda cause they've got to fill that quota And the way things are, I'll bet they never will They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil No tea or tomato juice You'll see No potato juice Cause the planners down in Santa's All say no, no, no The politician's daughter Was accused of drinking water And was fined the great big $50 bill They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil Just like a percolator Her perfume was made right on the grill Why they could percolate the ocean in Brazil And when their ham and eggs need savor Coffee ketchup gives them flavor Coffee pickles way outsell the dill Why they put coffee in the coffee in Brazil No tea No tomato juice You'll see, no potato juice The planters down in Santa's all say no, no, no So you add to the local color Serving coffee with a crawler Duncan doesn't take a lot of skill They've got an awful lot of coffee An awful lot of coffee Man, they got a gang of coffee in Brazil Original incarnation of the coffee song, first recorded by Frank Sinatra in 1946. He reprised it in 1960 for an album called Reprises. Huh. It was covered, like, like any big band songs of the 1940s, it was covered by everybody and their neighbor. It was done by Louis Prima, the Andrew Sisters, Sam Cooke, Rosemary Clooney, Eddie Gourmet. The freaking Muppets did a version of that song. But none of them comes close to Old Blue Eyes himself. You'll notice that I often will put one or two big band songs in my playlist. For some reason, I like to listen to that style of music when I'm shoveling. 
I'm not kidding. When you go outside, there's been a lot of snow, and you just don't feel like shoveling, and you're tired, and your back hurts, and there's an invasion of cockroaches, whatever. You just put on some big band song, and it gives you a rhythm, and it gives you a sense of fun into what you're doing. So try it out. If you live in winter wonderland like me, put on some Frank Sinatra old-time big band songs and go shoveling. Don't thank me. You really did. Um, before that, Leonard Skinner, really long song. Another one of the songs that you can go pee to. Uh, that smell, written for and about guitarist Gary Rossington. He had just bought, legend tells it, he had just bought a Ford Grand Torino. Or Torino? Is it Torino? This Starsky and Ash car, way too powerful a car for its own good and for drivers, got drunk. Crashed it into a tree, which is the, 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 the opening lyrics of the song. Whiskey bottle, brand new car, oak tree in my way. That's pretty much a way of telling that guy, look, you have a problem. The smell of death surrounds you. You have a problem. So that year he was supposed to uh, to start a tour just right after he he got uh, he got smashed and smashed his car. So they had to delay the tour because of him. So they made that song to tell him, "Look, you have a problem, buddy." So like Amy Winehouse, you should go to rehab. Anyway, and we opened with the um, second incarnation. Surprisingly, not the first. Second incarnation of Summer Wine. By Lee Hazelwood. He sung it first with uh, Susie Jane Hawken. Hawken? Susie Jane Hawken. God. Who knows? And uh, the year after Sinatra did it in duet with still uh, Lee Hazelwood, it was the B-side on her uh, her bubblegum hit, Sugar Down. And I think that they did it again on another album. They did an album of duets, Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. They did a lot of duets together. And the song was... Again, like like the coffee song, it was covered by just about anybody who was everybody. Um, especially Nana Del Rey did it a few years ago, but I'm going to dismiss that one because I don't like Nana Del Rey. She has nothing original to say. All her songs are about summer and drinking, and very few of them are actually original. She did a song that sounds, you probably heard about that, that sounds like Radiohead's Creep. And she was pissed off because she was sued for uh, plagiarizing the song. But the thing is, Creek does not belong to Radiohead because they were sued by the Hollies for plagiarizing one of their songs. Uh, so it doesn't even belong to them. So it's kind of shitty to, to copy a song that somebody got sued for copying. But uh, she made a big thing about it, about bitching uh, Radiohead and, and calling them names and, and just slandering them. Probably the, the nicest guy on the planet, the guys of Radiohead, they, they give out the album on the internet. You can buy some of their albums for maybe $1 if you want. Uh, but no, God, I remember Prince did a cover of one of their songs for the Coachella Festival. People filmed it, posted it on, on YouTube, and Prince started suing and forced them to take it down. And Radiohead was like, dude, we give our music for free, and you're going to want to have royalties by covering one of our songs? So, no, they're not. They're not uh, that kind of people. But if you plagiarize somebody else's work, you have to pay for it. To pay for it sorry. And Lana Del Rey will, I'm sorry, but you lost every respect I would have had for you. So please stop doing songs about summer, and please stop doing songs that are not yours. 
Thank you so much for listening to my show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. You probably noticed I do it mostly for myself, but I love talking to people who love listening to my show. If you'd like to comment, suggest, bitch and moan, be on the show, uh, go ahead and write to me at Road and Rage. No, that's not true. That's the other one. My show. After Midnight Podcast at gmx.com. Golf Mike X-Ray. GMX. After Midnight, because I record this show after midnight. I think you can hear it in my voice. My voice is a little bit raspy at night when I talk too much. And uh, I work the night shift. I'm always alone. So I do this to keep myself company and hopefully to help you night owls out there have something to do or listen to at night. So please, please, please reach out to me if you'd like to. Otherwise, I will see you next show. Bye. I go.